but I'm going to describe to you a movie, okay? And you tell me what this movie is, okay? All right. Orlando Bloom, uh, a blacksmith who is, for some reason, very good at sword fighting for no reason, um, falls in love with a woman outside of his... Are you doing Pirates of the Caribbean? I'm doing Pirates of the Caribbean. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut. Yeah, this is a movie I've really wanted to watch for a long time. And uh, part of the impetus of us doing four movies in a row with the word kingdom in the title, I actually have, like, I had this DVD just in my childhood bedroom. So I was able to just go grab it along with Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And um, I've always heard, you know, from several people, including Garrett, who we've had on that, this is a really good movie. And then apparently Ridley Scott himself was like, the director's cut is the definitive version of the movie the, that theatrical cut he disowned. Cause I guess he actually like submitted the director's cut and they told him to cut 45 minutes and he did. And then when it was released in America, like critics were like, this story doesn't make no sense. Yeah. So where have we heard that before? Uh, I don't know. It's always ridiculous for me to, to hear like, oh, this needs to be cut down. Like the studio requesting things to be cut down. I, I mean, we've, if an audience is willing to pay 20 bucks, well, 20 bucks nowadays, but if they're willing to pay, sit down in a theater seat for two, two and a half hours, they're willing to sit down for three, you know? Or at least stream it at home for three, you know? I was thinking Maybe more in, back when the when the movie was released, or you know, in two two segments of like you know one night and then the next, as some of us did. My DVD copy I had actually was two different discs, which I was like, I didn't even like. It's crazy. I, I streamed mine through Amazon, and there was an actual intermission in in the middle of the movie, and and also there was like music playing on a black screen for a while. I was like, well, no wonder this is over three hours. And I was like, let's fast forward this. Let's like get through this. Oh, you mean in the beginning? In the beginning. And then uh, when you started like the second part of it, there was a big amount of time. Two and a half minutes worth each time. That's five minutes right there. You could just cut and move it along, you know? And the credits were like nine minutes. So I was like, okay, so you said three hours and 13 minutes, but we got five minutes of just black. So we're down 308. Now we're sub three hours when you take into account like the extra credits you got going on. Um, we're doing fine, you know, sub yeah. three. You know what, though? Now that I think about it, it's really the studio's fault because all of their logo, like, um, how you know, like their motion design for their logos have to show up. And then I bet they have like stuff at the end of the credits. Like they're just trying to compensate and, and, impede on the artistic vision of Ridley Scott just for their own benefit, you know? You don't get the guy that made Gladiator and tell him to cut stuff, you know? It's not yeah. not important. So let's get to it. I um you and I talked about this and I was like, yeah, the beginning is very confusing. It's like, is it his son? Is Liam Neeson his father? Because like I know he slept with the mom. Like that's pretty clear. Um or somewhat depending on how you watch the movie. But then when I rewatched this uh, earlier today, it said one night return returns home in search of his son. I was like, oh, shit. OK, so if I just read that at the beginning and like paid attention, <laughs> I wouldn't have been confused throughout. So and that was, was talking curious... about Liam Neeson. 
I yeah. thought it was talking about Orlando Bloom. His son? He was searching for his son? Yeah, because remember in the beginning, he's like watching this woman and then the woman is dead because she committed suicide, right? Because they're stillborn child. Their child was born stillborn. Right, so that's why I thought I that's why I thought Orlando Bloom was the one looking for the son and he found that both of his wife and his son have died. But it was talking about Liam Neeson, which actually makes way more sense. It does. So if you get that part, I wonder if they like they had all this filmed and then they're like, you know, what? is it clear that he's the father? Because when I hadn't read that, as it goes throughout, he like when Guy, which is spelled guy, comes up to him, he's like, who the fuck is this dude? And he's like, that's my son. I was like, oh, that you're just telling him it's your son because you feel bad because you slept with his mom. Um, you know, and that happened like several times. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that actually is his dad but i was I, like i just yeah, yeah. missed it i thought a couple of things that 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 I, okay first of all it's not like i wasn't paying attention to this but like you said it's abundantly confusing especially when you're coming into this kind of blind and you're trying to digest all this information because hey you had to tell me that martin sheen was his brother okay i, I that that was not even clear to me i thought he just threw some preacher priest in the fire but what what I, I was think Martin Martin Sheen was a little busy, but Michael Sheen was his brother. I said Martin Sheen. <laughs> I meant Michael Sheen, the actor in this movie. That Sheen, that Sheen, not Charlie Sheen, not Emilio Estevez, but this guy, this guy. Yeah, one of them is Welsh, and the other is like forty years older. Yeah, well, that would have cleared it up. Um, so when Liam Neeson first asks, I believe it was um, Brendan Gleeson, who the blacksmith was at, no? Brendan Gleeson's not in the beginning of the movie. Who did he ask who the, who the blacksmith was in, when he was growing up or something like that? He's like, my time as a child, who was the blacksmith? He might have been talking, I think he was talking to his brother, the king, when they were at the table. Okay, so he was asking him who is the blacksmith now. And he's like, oh, the old blacksmith, his oldest son. And Liam Neeson just like wheels turning in his head like, that's my son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that whole, that whole scene's interesting. Like there's a lot in the beginning that when you like pay attention and watch it again, makes a lot more sense, is a lot cooler. Um, but the first time I'm just like so kind of confused because it's like a lot of information. Um, but let's get through it. So it starts with the burial of a woman. You don't really know who it is. And then Liam Neeson rides by and uh, he's like, sees the woman. He's like, oh, I want to pay for her burial. But then you see Michael Sheen one, like pockets the money, steals the cross that's around the woman's neck. And then is like, oh, cut her head off. And he, and you know, the, the guy's like, but it's your it's your brother's wife. And he's like, those are the rules. Cut her head off. And then he kind of runs off, doesn't even really care to be there for the end of it. And then he goes and talks to the bishop of this town. And the bishop's like, you didn't mutilate the body, right? And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, okay, good. He's like, you know, a lot of times I think our rules go a little too far. And like, I don't think Christ would be able to like, capable of following like the, the shit we do. Like we're, you know, 
We're a little crazy, <laughs> basically. Um, and yeah, and Sheen like completely lies to him. And then Sheen's like, oh, we can't release my brother. And the bishop's like, your brother is like as guilty as I am, which means he's not guilty at all. Like his wife killed himself and he's like in mourning. He lost his wife and his child. And it's like, and you won't let him go. And he's like, and second of all, I need him to work. So let him out <laughs> like right now. So it's just a lot in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, e even what you just explained is really helping me out here right now. Um, I, uh, I try to find the director's cut of this uh, without paying for it. Um, I even went to the length of going to my local library to try to find the director's cut. Obviously, the theatrical cut is everywhere for free, um, and you would not allow me to watch that. So uh, I finally settled on just buying or renting it straight off of Amazon Prime. And before that, I wanted to make sure I had the right cut. I ended up watching a trailer, and the trailer is just this scene. So the scene is the one where Orlando Bloom, we first see him, he comes out and it's this like really nice day and he's looking out at his wife tending the garden. And um, it's this cool transition where he's kind of like leaning on the post looking at her and it's this close up on his face. And then the next thing you know, we back out and he's like, I know it's not a tavern, but it looks like he's like in this darkly lit, tavern thing but i guess he's imprisoned right okay um and then martin sheen walks in no i'm kidding michael sheen walks in yeah uh, so um, that's uh to to let him out but that's where the trailer ends and i was very confused on what the hell is happening at this point in the movie till i watched it so that's i finally watched the trailer for kingdom of heaven um <laughs> thanks for listening so i don't know why you did that so uh yeah because michael sheen has been told like okay let your brother out he does um and then liam neeson is in town right and he's talking with his brother and what i think is interesting about this scene is he's talking with his brother and his brother's son is sitting there and he's like oh, i want a blacksmith and he's like why and he's like that's oh, you know fucking personal get out of my face and then the brother is talking to his son right in front of um i'm just gonna call him the angel he's a dude with blonde hair and i'll okay. tell you why i'm gonna call him the angel later but right in front of him and he's like yeah he doesn't have a son and he's baron of jerusalem so when he dies yo i get that and then the son's like and then i get that when you die <laughs> like just like trying to divide this guy's shit this guy's stuff up and what I find interesting is later on when they come after Orlando Bloom and that really cool battle scene with like the arrows. Yeah. Part of the motivation for that is they have probably heard through, through like, you know, Michael Sheen, maybe before he was killed that Liam Neeson thinks this is his son. And so they need to get this guy and kill him. You know, he did commit a crime, but they need to get Orlando Bloom back and take care of him because he'll take the inheritance that they were, you know, wanting earlier in the film. And I don't really think you quite as the audience understand the the gravity or like how much Liam Neeson owns or what he owns, you know, like I had no idea what a baron I had no idea what a baron was. But I mean it's a pretty big 
pretty big deal from what you see. Um, and I love like, this is skipping a little bit ahead, but when he's dying, spoiler alert, he's, he's dying. Liam Neeson tells Orlando Bloom, like, Hey, you know, here you're nothing, but over in Jerusalem, you know, a simple blacksmith could become with it. He doesn't say King, but he's like, you know, uh, landowner or maybe he does say king whatever the the point is is that uh i thought he was speaking like metaphorically like oh yeah the the jerusalem middle east land is so un uh inhabited Deve- that, developed uh, yeah underdeveloped developed. that you can just go there and just buy up a bunch of land for nothing or what, whatever you know take over a bunch of land for with little to no fight but then it's like no dude it's him because you own that land it's like the setup for the witch oh you just go to america and then i'll just leave the colony you can own your own property yeah exactly um what's funny so then liam Neeson's like hey, i want to talk to orlando bloom by myself everyone get out of here and he's like hey i just want to let you know i knew your mother and when I watched the subtitles, it's italicized the word new. So it's like, biblically, I knew your mother. I, I fucked your mom. And I was like, listening to it the second time, I was like, it's not very clear if you don't watch subtitles that what he's saying. He's just like, hey, um, I knew your mom. It's not very clear if you do watch subtitles, because I don't even think people who watch, who read the subtitles pay attention to like, well, that's italicized. So, you know, he meant, no, I, I, and it, the way it's worded too it's like okay maybe he had sex with his mom but then it's like so did he have like a half brother somewhere or liam neeson has a son that's his half brother and but no it's he's trying to imply that orlando bloom is his father and this comes out really nicely too towards his death and he's like i regret all my sins except one and you know he's talking about the sin of like infidelity towards orlando bloom's mom I mean, it's funny too, though, right before he tells him that Liam Neeson walks over to where Orlando Bloom was looking off at his wife. And you see Liam Neeson look off at himself in the past life with Orlando Bloom's mom. And they both look like happy. You know what I mean? Like they look kind of like in love. Right. So he's like, I didn't force her, but she didn't want to do it. But then when you see that, you're like, okay, so that's not exactly he, I guess he's trying to hide the fact that his mom may have, you know, committed an infidelity too right he's like you know she had to because of my status but in reality they're probably like in love just from that quick view the motivation for all the characters in this movie especially orlando bloom since he's the main character is kind of weird uh because for the majority of the movie you feel like him the whole crusade battle war thing is secondary to him like he he doesn't really care nor like believe very much what they're doing or fighting for who they're fighting for but he he thinks he'll, he's going to find this like this blessing this forgiveness in Jer- jerusalem um and not even for him but the strongest motivation is for his wife because she killed herself right yeah and it's kind of the movie does a great job of explaining all of these like very ritualistic and like legalistic rules that you had to go through like because she killed herself she's in hell but 
uh, you know, under if he does these these works, which is going to Jerusalem and fighting for, you know, the kingdom of Jerusalem, he may win her freedom from hell and she'll get to go to heaven. But then he says, like, oh, but what is she even going to do without a head? And that's when he stabs him. And what's interesting, too, about the scene is he's like, you need to leave because the entire town wants you gone. And then the church will take this land. He's like, you will take my land. And so he kills his brother. He goes to Jerusalem for who fucking knows how long, right? And then when he comes back at the end of the film, it's like no one's been on his property. <laughs> like No one wanted it. They're just like, whatever. It seemed it went, it went kind of like downhill, though. Like like you said, like who knows how long he was he was off in Jerusalem. Because when he came back, it almost looked like half of his house burned down and his land is barren and it just looks like shit. Well, yeah, but, but it, no one took it. So they weren't like trying to drive him out. It was just Michael Sheen wanted him gone. I think he wanted his property. I think, I think that's fairly obvious that his brother is a lying piece of shit. It also burned down because Michael Sheen burned alive in the property. That was, that was awesome. Uh, I think it was so awesome because it was so unexpected because you're just kind of watching this film and nothing too grandiose has happened yet. And then all of a sudden Michael Sheen catches on fire and um, I love the pulling off the cross and leaving like a, I thought that was going to come up a lot later in the movie, like the symbol of the cross burned into his hand, but it doesn't really. It also got hot very quickly. It didn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense that it got so hot. Have you, did you notice, and this is skipping way ahead, but his burn of the cross in the palm of his hand is reminiscent of later on Ava Green's son burning his palm. It's like all this Jesus imagery what i also like about this movie is i think a lot of the dialogue is really well written and just kind of sticks with you um which did you know who wrote this no the writer of the departed oh yeah um but i <laughs> but this is not the greatest example because orlando bloom meets up with liam neeson i love he's like are you trying to kill me because even at this age that's gonna be tough and then orlando bloom's like i have done murder <laughs> you're just like okay buddy <laughs> you need a nap uh-huh. uh, i like I- it too when liam neeson is like will you take me on my offer and orlando's boom like nah he's like okay you'll never see me again and then like literally five seconds later they meet each other in the forest <laughs> right but after he says i have done murder liam neeson's just like haven't we all which i think is is great what one one issue with this movie I have though that comes up next is they have like one scene of him being trained with the sword and he's not that great with it. But where's the training montage showing him getting better? Because at the end he's fighting off two hundred thousand you know Saracens. Yeah, how do you get so good? Well, it makes you think that maybe the Saracens are even worse. No, I, I actually have a theory, and I found this out, obviously, because of watching this with my wife, but I'm going to describe to you a movie, okay? And you tell me what this movie is, okay? All right. Orlando Bloom, uh, a blacksmith who is, for some reason, very good at sword fighting for no reason, um, falls in love with a woman outside of his... Are you doing Pirates of the Caribbean? I'm doing Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Yeah, dude, the run that Orlando Bloom was on with Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then this. But you realize, like, the backstory of Will Turner is exactly like this backstory. Uh, I don't know if anyone fucked his mom, though, besides his dad. Bootstrap Bill. Who was played by? Um, Skarsgård. Skarsgård. There we are. I think I said Sarsgaard, but yeah, Skarsgård. Um, but the um, thing about Skarsgård is that the other thing is, and the parallels between the two movies is Orlando Bloom still has a father with a speckled past whom he has never met until the movie. You said speckled past because of the shit on his face? No, I because he's a he's a pirate for Davy Jones. Our, uh, I really like this first battle scene. Like, you know it's coming because they shoot the one dude in the neck. So, you know, like, when the, the nephew's like, all right, well, we're just going to head out, that it's not over. And then the arrows start flying. And what was shocking about this, not just Liam Neeson getting hit and then eventually, like, succumbing to his injuries, but so many of these dudes died. Like, you think, oh, this is going to be a crew, right? And, like, none of these guys but the angel guy make it. See, that, that's the thing. That's why they cast Orlando Bloom, because they wanted you to think that it was going to be like Lord of the Rings, where they were like forming this team of like misfit crusaders, and then they are all wiped out except, what, three? Right. And I like uh, the angel guy tapping him on Orlando Bloom on the head as he's riding by, just like, oh, you would have died there. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. And I also really love Liam Neeson's line to his nephew and he's like because first uh, the nephew's like we have to take him you know he's guilty and then the German guy's like well I don't think he's guilty so now we have to fight about it and Liam Neeson's like listen of all the people that are going to die today let me just tell you you're going to be one of them <laughs> if, if we do this I'm going to kill you this actually has um, this scene has a lot of good lines and the one I like is Liam Neeson going I fought for three days with a testicle in my or with an arrow in my testicle <laughs> the guy's like oh yes yes you did also the guy at the end he's like i'm a i'm a duke or whatever i'm given the privilege of ransom and he's like yes you are and then the dude just behind him like lining up the shot like <laughs> with the fucking pickaxe in his head that's brutal like it, this movie is weird with its violence and its gore because it's it's like a lot of it but it's toned down like you see a lot of blood splatter, but you don't see a lot of actual like hits to the flesh. Does that make sense? Sometimes. And sometimes it's like cartoonish. Um, one example, which is kind of my favorite, even though he's like the most horrible guy in this, but Brendan Gleeson, you know, in one scene is being accused by one of the uh, Muslim guys of doing a raid. And then later on, they're doing another raid and he sees the guy that was a witness against them. He's like, it's you. And then fucking chops the dude in half, like from fucking like neck through to like his belly button. Yeah. So although it's a little violent sometimes. Brendan Gleeson definitely gets his comeuppets in the end there. He does. He does. I um, I also like the line from Lee Neeson at the end. It's like, it wasn't that they didn't have the right to take you. It was just the way they asked. <laughs> to put it in Orlando Bloom's head, it's like, oh shit, if they asked better, would you have just given me up? <laughs> right. So um, next they run into Guy, and Guy's like, 
who's this motherfucker? And he's like, that's my son. He's like, Oh, I wish I'd known you back when you were making bastards. And he's like, I knew your mother when she was. And luckily I know you're not mine. <laughs> Fucking great line. Yeah. God. What? A, I think there's not a single character worse than Gee. Running Gleason's pretty bad. He's pretty bad, but I still think I hate Gee more because they took care. Here's why. They took care of Brendan Gleeson and Guy released him. That's true. That's true. Also, why is Guy not just in Jerusalem? It doesn't really make sense. Like he's just, what trip is he on that he's not like in the place he lives with his wife? See, that's the thing. Were they married at the time? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's no timeline on this movie at all, but I mean, within a couple of days of him getting there, he runs, you know, Ava Green comes to his place and uh, I think she's married then. So yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. Like you have no idea how long he's in Jerusalem for. He, so what's so weird. And this is just like, you have to believe, I guess the, I was going to say the filmmaker Ridley Scott has to kind of make you believe that God has a watchful eye on Orlando Bloom. And I'm just going to call him Orlando Bloom because I'm not going to say Bajine de Ibel, whatever, every time. So his name is Orlando Bloom. Okay. Um, because when they're traveling via ship, now this is, this is a beautiful thing, right? Because they're at the docks. This is right after the, they talk with Guy and the guy he's with, um, uh, I guess it is Liam Neeson, but there's another guy too, right? The guy who plays Lupin in Harry Potter. What's his name? Uh, well, he's just the angel guy. Oh, so he doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a name in the movie. He's a hospitaler, which is kind of like a one of the Templar knights, just a different kind. Okay. Um, and he's not given a name. So uh, they split, and they're like, "Hey, we'll we'll see you on the other side." which is the perfect setup for them to, for Orlando Bloom to be in this ship that totally gets wrecked by this storm. And, and he makes it, but he's the only survivor on it. And I was like, well, of course, because it'd be even weirder if like Liam Neeson was also on this ship and they both were the only survivors on this. Well, him, him well, and the horse. There, right. And there was another dude who wasn't, who was with Liam Neeson and the angel guy, um, Lupin. Yeah. Let's just call him Lupin. Okay. Um, with him, but he died on the shipwreck. And what's funny about that shipwreck is that was like the last thing they filmed. And a lot of the stuff in this movie is practical. Like they built Jerusalem. Oh shit. Okay. But they couldn't afford at the end of this to build a ship only just to wreck it. So he, the, uh, they just took like B roll from like the battle of different people and then some B-roll of uh, Orlando Bloom, and then just some ship scenes from other movies, <laughs> and just combined it all together with some CGI and made that. And when you look back, you're like, I, I guess I can see that because it's not a very cohesive shipwreck. But if you're not told that, you don't know that. Like yeah. it was well done. Yeah, I thought you were just gonna be like, yeah, they just built the 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 wrecked ship. Uh, which I guess they kind of did, right? They, I mean, you don't see it crash and, and blow into a lot of pieces. He just kind of wakes up under this rubble and the ship is already kind of torn apart on the land. Um, but then the horse is alive. Now, I really like this part about the movie, just this kind of 
trope in storytelling. He's trying to like tame the horse or get the horse in the, in the desert. And he comes upon these two guys. And first of all, this is a lie. And you learn that this is a lie later on. Okay, so the one guy tells him that this is the guy, that this other guy's horse. And he's like, why is it his horse? And he's like, because it's on his land. But you find out later it's the opposite way. It's not the slave telling him that the owner is his the owner of the land is his it's the owner saying his slave and he kills the slave thinking it's the landowner so now he's indebted to this guy who he thinks is a slave but is actually like what would you say a, a general of the opposing forces yeah, he's like Saladin's second in command basically yeah um which really helps him out later on in the movie um, but I, I love the line, your enemies will know, like your, enemies your quality, will... your quality will be known by your enemies before you meet them. Yeah. And then that's said again, when he finds him in the end, and then that's said again at the very end of the movie. So I really like that, uh, setup. That was probably one of the best kind of story, um, beats that's like continuously throughout the movie no i really like that part um and two especially because he lets the guy go home right he's like well i'm your slave now uh which it's funny like you don't really know what this dude's deal is because he's just fucking around the entire time he's like oh yeah he's the he's the he's my boss he's my master and he's like oh he wants to fight you and he's like, all right, guys, stop fighting, stop fighting. And then he's like, okay, I guess I'm your servant now. He's like, nah, you can go home. And you can keep the horse too. And he's like, holy shit, this guy's. But like, what was the game plan? Eventually, just like get word to Saladin, like, hey, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I I mean, saying that in that manner, he kind of set up his slave for the for death, didn't he? Well, I mean, but really his slave should have been able to take out Orlando Bloom. He was like not great with swords and he's in the desert without like water for a while. He just shipwrecked. So, you know, should have been able to handle it. That's true. That's true. So Orlando Bloom then goes to Crucifixion Hill, doesn't really feel anything. Uh, Then he's like walking around town. People notice his sword and they're like, hey, where'd you get that fucking sword? And he's like, oh, uh, you know, from godfrey he's like how tall was he he's like about your height it's like oh with green eyes right and he's like nah blue and they're like oh shit and they like all bow to him like you're the man now <laughs> yeah i thought that was kind of a funny way to do it but it's just like did that confirm that he was his son i didn't i didn't get that part or was it that guy that his, it confirmed that his story was true yeah i guess i guess in a world before emails and pigeon doves this had to be good enough you know dear templar guys my son is coming <laughs> i died by arrow doctor couldn't save me hugs and kisses godfrey um so he gets to his new palace which <laughs> nothing is explained right so you get to this new palace you're like oh that's pretty sweet and he's like there's a bunch of arab people working there so you can tell like it's been set up that godfrey is like not a like zealot right he like has a a guy who i believe is speaking arabic in the beginning the black guy that's with him when they 
when and gets killed when Orlando Bloom with like the arrow scene. Yeah. And then he has like a bunch of uh, of Arab people, Muslim people like working for him there too. And then when he later go to Ibelin, they're there too, right? Like so he's like does he doesn't mind being amongst these people, although you could say they're just servants. So like that's not the greatest, but whatever. Um but then Ava Green shows up, right? And this is when I get so confused because she's dressed up like, you know, like a girl uh, a, a who took Muslim a spring break. She, she took a spring break trip to Jerusalem and came back like fully decked out is what she looks like, honestly. It's like when, when girls take a spring break trip to a trip to Jamaica and they come back with the cornrows. The in their hair. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, but with uh, the reddest skin ever. <laughs> And then yeah, they're cornrows with beads in their hair. Um, so I'm just <laughs> very I, I thought you were talking about Ava Green. <laughs> I didn't know what Ava Green's character was. I was so confused. But then it really makes sense that she's like the king's sister and used to, you know, was a princess, right? So it's like, okay, so she's just lived this life where she can do whatever the fuck she wants. She's like, I like this culture, so I'm gonna start wearing all this stuff just to confuse everybody. <laughs> Are you saying status gives you a right to culture appropriate? In uh, 1100 Jerusalem, yeah. Okay. There wasn't Twitter back then to cancel her, unfortunately. So <laughs> Ava she got Green canceled. Um, Sibylin. Sibylin. Um, I especially like all the henna tattoos that she like uh, applies to herself and she has her like maiden apply to her hand. Right. And so she's she pops into uh orlando bloom's place she's like yo i need to talk to um orlando bloom valiant or whatever his name is and he's like uh she's like when your master gets back let me know he's like i don't have a master and she's like give me some water you're like okay you're very very pushy here lady who no one knows who you are um but turns out she's about to be the queen so you know um, but this next scene, I think, is really cool. And this is where I want to talk about the angel guy, Lupin. Uh, so I think it was the writer and the directors um, who said that he's kind of a representation of, like, God or an angel. Um, at first, when I read this, I thought this was just a fan theory. But I think the director, and it, it, like, has kind of co-signed that, right? And it makes sense, too. What I thought was funny about this scene is he's like, I don't feel God. I've lost my, you know, I've lost my religion. He's like, I don't think God talks to me anymore. And when he says that the angel like looks at him, he's like, gives a weird look. And then he's like, I don't know. I haven't heard that. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's an angel. So he's like, I've been talking to him. No one said that God's not talking to you anymore. So he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard that, <laughs> which I think is just like really funny. Um, be- during that scene, I, I, I like when Orlando Bloom, he's almost like pouting in front of this bush and he's throwing rocks at it. And all of a sudden the rock bursts in, or the, the bush bursts into flame. And at first I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, but like, then he's like, that's your religion. That's your Moses. Like a simple spark. And I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense, but still very impressive, you know? Well, and then he's like, yeah, but I don't hear it talking. And then this is the other scene, too, where it's like, where did he come from, the angel guy? Because Orlando Bloom has his horse, right? So he, like, rode out there, and it's, like, in the middle of nowhere. And then Orlando Bloom, as the guy walks away, he looks away and then looks back at him, and he's just disappeared. Oh, he's uh, he's Batman. 
that's one way yeah that's one way you could see it i think that yeah that makes sense yeah this is around batman begins time right so yeah <laughs> so the other the other line though now that you say that kind of makes sense because he's like i don't hear the bush talking to which lupin the angel says um it doesn't mean god doesn't exist right like just because you don't hear this one bush talk doesn't mean you can like dismiss the entire belief of god you know well in the whole time too and it's just like a very major theme of the movie and it's like you know religion can be bad right but god and holiness and good deeds like that's what you should focus on like focus on god not on the religion because the religion as you can see is like the templars who are just going around killing muslims you know and and like the religion is like the oh we have to chop people's heads off because they committed suicide and you have to like pay penance and to to get your relative out of hell or whatever it's like that's not what you should focus on uh like in these moments so let's talk about the themes of the movie for a second because i think this is a big movie but i think as we're talking about it it's occurring to me more and more that this is kind of a, a linear storyline it's not that complicated as far as plot goes but i think what really scott did is just give a lot of character first of all there's a lot of characters second of all they each have this very like huge uh backstory about about each of them um like i didn't know ava green was um the king's sister until there was like I suspected it when there was talk and they were like, yes, the boy, like when he dies, the boy will become, I was like, boy. And then she meets with him and he's like, you're so beautiful, my sister. And I was like, oh, so when they were talking about the boy, they're talking about his nephew, her son, who is literally a child. So that was a roller coaster for me too. But I think where it comes full fledged in the end is when Orlando Bloom is basically the only one left to defend Jerusalem or, or the, the castle. And it's worshipped or it's, it's you know, holif- holified um, by the religious figures. And he's uh, spouting blasphemy when he's like, I don't care about these walls. I don't care about this church. I don't care about the mosque. I don't care about any of this. We have to save the people. And then the one, like, what's he, a, like an archbishop guy? He's a bishop. Yeah. Okay. Regular bishop. He's like, blasphemy. And then the other guy's like, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, that that's the whole thing. It's like, it's like, you can put all these like cool buildings and, and things, but if you put them ahead of the people, like what, what even is your religion? And I, and I really, I thought this movie was going to be really preachy when, when I first heard about it, but I really like this kind of standpoint that the film took. When even in the end, um, Orlando Bloom's like burning a bunch of the bodies. And he's like, if you do that, they won't get to go to, to heaven until judgment day. And he's like, he's like, listen, if we don't burn these bodies, we're all going to die of disease in like three days. And he's like, and any God who can't understand that isn't a God like that we want to, you know, that I want to believe in. It's just like the, these legalistic things that you believe in. Um, 
that's not what matters, right? He's like the God that I believe in wouldn't, wouldn't be that way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what he says. You know, the angel says to him in the scene we were just talking about getting back to it, like, you know, religion murders, he's like, but holiness and good deeds, you know, that's what to, to focus on. Um, and we next get to meet who I thought was the king at first. I thought Jeremy Irons, Tiberius was the king. Yeah. I was no. like, <laughs> and so the, you know, you get the scene of like the Templars being hung, which I thought was really like, I'm not saying the hanging of them cool, but the, the set piece of it for just a couple seconds of like the Templars at the bottom, kind of like fighting to try and stop it. And then, you know, like rioting almost, and then them hanging as they walk by. And then the scene with the, tiberius and brendan gleason and he's like he's like you did a raid and he's like who said i raided and the guy's like that witness all of jerusalem god and me said you did a raid <laughs> he's like everyone everyone everything and then brendan gleason's just like prove it <laughs> i it took me a bit to figure out if jeremy irons's character was good or bad or really what side was he on and i feel like when you cast someone like jeremy irons it could really go either way. Like you could make him a really good bad guy or you can make him a good guy. And in this case, yeah, he's an advocate for the king who I wasn't, who I'm not really a fan of. But in the end, he was an advocate for like Jerusalem more so than the king. And I, and I like that part about it. Why do you like the king? Um, too whiny, uh, really ugly. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> just, just an overall bad, ugly leader. No, I'm kidding. Not um, a fan of the mask. <laughs> yeah, get a new mask. Um, no, I just, I just think he gave. In the end, it became, it became. You know, he got wise to it, but I think he gave Gee too much and Brendan Gleeson too much power and too much of a chance to just kind of let them do what they wanted. Um, yeah. I think that was the power structure though. I think, I think as Brennan Gleason was so bold because of the army that Guy had and like the title he had. So I just think like rules wise, it would have been hard for him to just kill him without like a lot of evidence. Right. Um, it would have caused like an uprising that he couldn't really handle because he couldn't have that uprising and also fight Salah Hadin. Um, one yeah. cool thing right here, when uh, when Bloom meets uh, Tiberius, Jeremy Irons, he's like, yeah, everyone knows that you killed um, that guy, the Arab guy, but Sal Hadin himself said it was justified, which you know, the dude, Imad is his name in the movie, although it's never said, went to him and was like, hey, it was justified. He attacked him. Like, he was just defending himself. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's also a cool uh, thing that you say that, because I was wondering, like, well, how does... How does he know? And also, who cares? Like, it happened in the middle of the desert. It could have been covered up so fast. And the only witness is a, a slave. But it's kind of cool how you should have known he played a bigger part right then and there if you're, like, eagle-eyed, paying attention to it, you know? Well, it's such a trope, too, to, like, oh, you killed uh, you killed the main guy. Ha-ha, I'm the main guy. That was just my double, you know? Like, yeah. that's in a ton of movies, so uh next uh next importantly we get to meet ed norton who i don't know i guess you didn't recognize his voice right away or did you recognize his voice or did you have to look it up oh i had to look it up because i was waiting very patiently to to see his face uh and then 
and then he dies and then you see his face and it's so i don't know if it's even a person under prosthetics or if it's just a, a dummy but it's just a, a completely i just an ugly person and um deformed that's what I, that's the word i was looking for a completely he has, he, he, he has leprosy it's it's like a disease alone i don't I even know. think you're supposed to call it leprosy anymore but that's what it's called in the movie and so that's what i'm going to say um it's Wait, funny before this leprosy I was, has been canceled no it's just a, there's an, another name for it i don't know man let's move on so one thing i liked is Gee, before this was like oh you know we just got to wait for the king to die and you're like oh why is the king gonna die and then you find out like oh that he's like got this disease and so it's gonna take him out at any moment well when the um, mask when the mask leaves his face and it's just this disformed uh face i think they used like a prop dummy but then i got mad because i was like okay i really want to know who this guy is so that's when i looked it up and i was so so surprised to see that it was ed norton because no, I did not recognize his voice at all. And he was kind of talking in a kind of a gargly voice. It was to me, it was like an elevated posh thing he was going for. You know, he's like trying to sound proper. I looked it up because I was like, is Tiberius the king? What the fuck is going on? And then I looked it up and it said Tiberius. I was like, all right, well, that can't be it. And then like the 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 credits were in like order of appearance. So it was like I scrolled just a little bit further and it said uh ed norton king baldwin was like oh shit ed norton's gonna be in this and then you see him with the mask i was like okay so he's not in this so apparently he uh he was going out for the part of Guy, and then he read the king david stuff or the king baldwin stuff he's like oh shit i want to do that he's like and then i don't want to even be credited you know i'll just it'll just basically be my voice on this and he only filmed for like two weeks, but then eventually they put his name back in the credits. I'm I'm glad uh, Ed Norton was in cast as Guy. And actually, I think every single cast was like perfectly cast. Um, I, I think for Orlando Bloom's character, you could have probably chosen a, a, an array of actors who could have fit that role. But as far as like Brennan Gleeson, and the guy who plays Guy and Jeremy Irons and Liam Neeson, I think those like those were perfectly cast. No, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so then uh, Orlando Bloom is talking to the king, and he's like, "I need you to protect the road, uh, and you know, head back out to Ebelin, and then oh, maybe I'll use you, and you can come back." Um, and then we get to see the kid for a second, but it's not explained who this kid is at all. He's just a kid, you know that's at the king's palace so here's a more confusing um, thing is when ava green mentions she has a child orlando bloom says oh i've met your child and then it's just cut with him with the little wooden sailboat coming down the aqueducts that or like the irrigation system that he's made for his land which we didn't even really talk about that but godfrey's land that he inherited is completely dusty and uh uninhabited by life um plant life so he created this like well and irrigation system and now it's like the most prosperous land i love his line too he's like well of course i would i would leave it better than than i found it you know uh yeah well i mean you know there had to be a 10 minute well building scene you know 
But you Every asked where the hour movie where the um fighting montage fighting training montage went that's where it went into the well-building scene correct correct um and then ava green shows up and you're like oh what's she doing here she's like oh you know just on the way later on Orlando bloom's like yeah i know that's not on the way so uh that's bullshit and i was like she's staying here an awfully long time uh what's gonna happen here and then of course there's an affair but i think it's funny too she um She's like washing his face because he's all dirty and she's and he like kind of stops her. And she's like, this isn't adultery. What we're going to do later. <laughs> That's the adultery. But this right now, I'm just cleaning you. <laughs> it, it's another Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Did you watch that recently? No, it's just it, it. It's when Elizabeth Swan is is cleaning Will Turner. And, you know, she's due to be betrothed to some guy that her father likes. I guess in this Ava Green's case, it's her brother. And because of status reasons, you know, their love is a forbidden one, but she washes him too. It's very good. Very sensual. Um, Next, we get kind of one of the bloodiest parts of this Uh, guy and uh, Brendan Gleeson do a raid. Right. And they're like, oh, they have weapons. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. We're doing it anyway. This will make it fun. Brendan Gleeson has to be like having fun as this character because he's just fucking like a madman. Um, and this is when he chops the dude in half and you just see Guy just slashing at people and like blood splattering all over his face. This is after the first time where they take out all that, all those uh, Saracen people when they're just like migrating from one town to the other, right? Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, the the people they lose quite a bit of people too, don't they? Uh, I don't remember. They don't really show that part. It's like a very quick battle scene. It's like thirty seconds, like max, after they start attacking them. So, um, but then this leads to, uh, you know, the king is like having both of them in front of him, and they're like, "Oh, this wasn't a raid. We were like, they were about to attack." And uh, Tiberius is like, "That's bullshit." And I know that's bullshit. And he's like, also, we don't want to fight Salahuddin. He's got 200,000 people. We don't have enough. And they're like, oh, are you saying that God's going to let us lose? Because he wouldn't do that. Are you like, what are you saying, Tiberius? And then uh, they get a message from Salahuddin that's like, or a message from someone who's watching him. And he's like, yeah, he's on his way. He's crossed, he's crossed the river. And then I'm like, oh, shit. All right, well, now we got to go, like, defend. And this is, like, the battle at Carrick where Brendan Gleeson is just in his own little castle. And he's like, all right, fuck it. Clearly probably drunk the whole time, too. Oh, this is when this is when Guy gets him out of there? It's No, it's when, uh, it's when Orlando Bloom gets there, right? And, they're, like, the people are running into, like, the city. And the guy comes up to Orlando Bloom and he's like, hey, Brendan Gleeson wants you to come into the city and protect the city. And he's like, I'm not doing that because I need to stop these guys for a little bit so that the people don't get slaughtered. And then he kind of is at it and he gets his ass kicked and then he wakes up and Imad, the guy from earlier, is like, I told you your reputation, your, you know, your reputation would precede you. That's and right. He's like, That's right. Yeah, you yeah. can go into He's like, you can go into you can go into Carrick, but you're gonna die. Um, 
And then they look up and King Baldwin shows up just in time. Yeah. And that's uh that's about the halfway point in this movie. And I'm really pumped at this point because I'm like, okay, we're gonna have our big war scene right now. We're gonna have our big, long, drawn out Lord of the Rings-esque type of battle, right? Right. No, wrong, incorrect. Uh the king and and um Saladin kind of come up with a temporary truce. So no one fights. And the king and all of his men return home. What's funny too is before he left, Tiberius was like, if you go on this journey, you're going to kill yourself. And he rides out to Saladin. They come to a truce. He seems to be doing fine. And then he goes up to Brendan Gleeson and first makes him kiss his hand that's got sores and like skin missing all over it. And then he beats the shit out of Brendan Gleeson with like a little, like, I guess the thing you use to hit your horse to make it go. Yep. Don't know what that's called. Um, and then he falls over because he exerted himself like too much. W- what I think is cool about this that I was reading is that Carrick is actually just the north side of Jerusalem. So they oh. built the full Jerusalem set. And then for Carrick, they just went to the back side of it. Oh, you're talking about like. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're not saying Carrick not is actually the backside. Life. Okay, yeah, it's no. Carrick, aka North Jerusalem. No, yeah, it's just for set design. But it's like apparently saved them like five million bucks to not have to build another one. Hey, where, wherever you can save five million bucks, you know. This was not Absolutely. a box office hit, though, was it? Um. It wasn't huge in America, but apparently it made a pretty good amount of money in Europe. And then also uh, in the Arab world, they loved it. So it had a $130 million budget. Its gross in the U.S. was 47, but then worldwide was 218. It's pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, if they'd been able to release it in China, it would have made a ton of money. Where are we? We're at intermission. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think when we come back from intermission, um, oh no, you, you, yeah, this is after intermission where the king has Brendan Gleason kisses leprotic. Yeah, that's right. That word yeah, could that's be before. Okay, whatever. So the king has him kiss his hand. And I guess it's he's dead, right? Because if you do that, you catch it. Like leprosy is highly uh, contagious. Not sure. Well, because even Jeremy Irons is like, you're a dead man to Brendan Gleason. Yeah, no, because they're going to kill him. They're going to hang him. But they put him in that prison for such a long time. Was he going to be hung and then Guy just like released him beforehand? Guy released them once the king died because the king died in a few days. Okay, so I thought he was saying you're you're dead because he's now going to catch leprosy and die. Um, but that's fine. That's fine if he was going to be hung. Um, okay, so let me see here because then he pulls over Orlando Bloom and he's like, you're a real one. I like you. Exactly like that. <laughs> 
And um, then you yeah. get to intermission. Yeah. And then we're at Salahuddin's camp and he's like, you know, hey, uh, th- there's this one dude who we've never seen before who's like, hey, you told us we were going to take back Jerusalem and da 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 and we should do it. And Salahuddin's like, we shouldn't do it right yet. And he's like, well, if it's God's will, which is funny because it's the Templars on the other side that are saying the exact same thing. Um, and God can't will them both to win. But he's like, Sal Hadin's like, oh, well, you know, what's interesting is uh, why were you guys not willing before God willed me to come here and lead things, you know? It's like Sal Hadin realizes a little bit too, like he's a, he's a pragmatist too. And like, no, I'm just really good at this shit. So like, we are going to do it the way I said we were going to do it. And then Imad comes in, he's like, why are you guys even talking about this? The king's about to die. And then once the king dies, that little guy can't control everything. And when he says the little guy, I was like, or the young guy or whatever, I was like, oh, is he talking about Orlando Bloom? But no, he's talking about the little kid. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't realize the little kid was going to be made king. Oh, yeah. Don't you know, David, that's such a smarter and better choice than making Ava Green the leader? Yeah, like back then, man, they would make a five-year-old boy king. They are not going to make a woman queen. <laughs> no shot. Well, unless, you know, because they do it later as her, as her, um, what would you say, last choice? The last, yeah, the no other options but her. And then in reality, she's married. So then Guy's going to become the king and he kind of makes the decisions. Right. Um, and then this part's kind of interesting. So, um, first of all, Guy sleeps with some random woman who just like, he's like, Hey, you know, let's do this. And she like hikes her skirt up immediately. And like, I have no idea who this person is. I never see one of, uh, one of Ava Green's maids. Okay. Either way. It doesn't really, uh, and this is right after he's kind of seen the, the, I want to fuck you look between Ava Green and Orlando Bloom when, uh, Mm-hmm. Gleason gets the shit beat out of him. Yep. Um, and so then Guy afterwards goes to um goes to Ava Green. She's like, "Hey, just let you know, if you don't start acting right, your son's rule is gonna be real bloody and real brief." Basically, like I, you know, I run these Templars, so just let you know. And then this is like a very pivotal part to me. So the king has Bloom come in. He's like, "Hey, I know you're fucking my sister." Do you want to marry her? And Bloom's like, well, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask. He's like, okay, cool. I want you to marry her. Then we're going to kill Guy. And then we're going to kill all the people that could be disloyal to you. And then you're going to be king. What does that sound like? And he's like, what? No, I don't want to do that. Why would I do that? Which he's is like, so is it a kingdom stupid. of conscience or nothing? So stupid. The movie ends right there. If he's like, sure. That's like, you know, those things where it's like, like, how can you end a movie? So like right there, if he's like, yeah, let's do that it's over yeah pretty much but it's it's really ridiculous on why he doesn't want to do it because i mean it is a it is a conscious morality thing on his part where he's like well that sounds you know good and dandy and all but if that means taking gi out i don't want that to happen if i have to take another man's life but it's like dude first of all he would not hesitate to kill you in five seconds and also like you would be saving Ava Green like a lot of trouble. Well, and it also doesn't take a chess master to see five moves ahead that 
if he doesn't do this, Guy becomes king. Guy attacks the Muslims, and two hundred thousand people come and murder everybody. Yeah, like that's why I'm saying it's the stupidest. It's the stupidest decision he's made for all the right reasons, but also. Like it's one of those morality questions: Is does one death outweigh two hundred thousand? You know. You see, if you put that problem of hey, I have it in front of Orlando Bloom. I have a train, and it's going to run over two hundred thousand people. But if you press this button, it'll run over one dude you hate, and you get to marry his wife that you love. And he's just like, nah, I can't, can't press the button. I'm sorry. <laughs> But in the end, he is vindicated because he does save all the people in the city anyway. So, and actually, you know what? Guy gets a much better death than what than the king and his men could have given him too. So, well, Guy doesn't even die though. I was gonna and say, I, do I we do even think... see Guy die? No. So in the end, getting right to the end, he fights Orlando Bloom. Right? He comes up and they oh, have this fight. Oh, that's right. Holy shit! Yeah. And as it's happening, I was like, man, if Orlando Bloom kills him, that's just like all you could have killed him three days ago and all would have been saved. And then uh, he doesn't kill him. I was like, oh, you know, at least you stuck. It's kind of like, you know, I really fucked this up, but I'm not going to admit I was wrong by killing this guy now. So I'm just going to leave. I can't kill him. So (laughs) I've already. We uh, we talked about this in an earlier episode, but I I said that if. Your characters are kind of safe. If you think about, like, if a if a group of your characters go in to save one of your characters, uh, there's no way that the movie would make sense if the characters that you go in, like, there to save the one character, any other of your characters die. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this in The Kingdom. If any of their other characters die saving Jason Bateman, then there's no point in saving Jason Jason Bateman, right? Yep, yeah, you definitely made this point during Kingdom, yeah. So it's like, if he did kill Guy, then, then the whole movie would have collapsed um, at that part. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I knew he wasn't going to kill him. Well, except he's killed a bunch of people in self-defense, so he, this would have just been, once again, self-defense. He's like Raylan Givens. He's like, it's justified. Exactly. But instead of a gun, it's a really long sword. Uh, and also Ava Green even says to him, you will, like, she's like, later on, you will wish that you had done a little evil for the greater good. And Orlando Bloom's like, nope. No, I won't. I'm going to stick with this. And um, right after this, Guy goes to Brendan Gleeson and he's like, you know, I'm a little worried about this guy. And he's like, well, just fucking kill him. Why do I need to tell you to kill him? Just just like kill the guy. Um, and Ava Green's like, you know, what? because Orlando Bloom didn't take me up on this. I now have to tell Guy that, you know, uh, he will, you know, I'll be his wife again, which I guess means just, I'll sleep with him. Um, so and then we get to see the king's face and that was gnarly super gnarly yeah i mean that's that's why i think it's just like a prop like i don't even think it's a it's a person under prosthetics because that would be a waste of time putting prosthetics on on someone who's playing dead you know right 
Um, so the the little kid who's like eight becomes king, but she's basically ruling through him. He's like over there coloring as she's writing up this huge document to Salah Hadid. And then she's like, all right, sign this. She's like, sign it like this. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and then he like sticks his hand overneath like over a fire and you're like oh shit that's not good well so this happens before the king dies um but during his signing he gets burned by wax but like um who is it yeah when he's when he's at dinner yeah stick he sticks his hand over the candle and then pulls it out and his hand's just black yeah but who who noticed he doesn't flinch when the hot wax is poured on his hand um her and the bishop both the bishop yeah, yeah yeah the bishop and um and he's like giving her this suspicious look and she takes him to the doctor not the bishop her child and basically he has like what early onset lepr- leprosy which i didn't know losing your feeling is like part of that also i didn't know it was genetic yeah well i don't i don't i still don't know any of that so yeah so um she decides to fucking kill her kid well she gives the speech too because she's like i don't want him to end up in hell i'd rather end up in hell which is i guess she's like he's going to end up killing himself i guess is what she thinks or maybe just people with leprosy went to hell under these rules um, so she's like, I'm going to murder my child so that he'll get to go to heaven, which is, you know, pretty, uh, pretty like magnanimous of her. Um, and then she's just like crying in the crypt. Of the whole, like, I like Guy goes down to Gleason. He's like, yeah, Orlando Bloom's dead, which we saw that scene where he gets attacked and he's sort of passed out like three guys attack him and he kills those guys. But then he's like, you know, he's very clearly not dead because I've seen the cover art to the DVD. Um, but he goes down to, uh, Guy goes down to Gleason. He's like, yeah, she, uh, or Gleason's like, did she do it? And he's like, yeah, she's been in the crypt for three days. And he's like, wow, she's a lot stronger than I would be <laughs> like, you know, just admitting like how, how crazy that is that she was able to do that. Um, and then fucking Guy just gives Gleason his gear. He's like, I need you to do what you, you know, I need you to, to kill some people. And Gleason's like, that's what I fucking do. And then it goes to Gleason, like, covered in blood and he's like someone's got to do it why not me and like you walk over and you see like a dude getting his head chopped off and then like you think oh that's the worst part of this right but then he walks up to Salahuddin's sister and you're like this is a crazy man anyone else might be like oh you know probably not go this far walks up to her she says something and he's like i know i feel like she says Salahuddin's gonna kill you and he says i know and then he takes her face covering off. And you're like, oh, fuck. He's going to like, he's going to kill her. Uh, and of course you find out he did. Yeah. It doesn't show it though. It does not. So next, a, uh, a messenger was sent to Guy to ask for the body back of Saladin's sister. And Guy literally killed the messenger <laughs> and then told the other guys, you're now the messengers and take his body. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Orlando Bloom, is all I have to say about that. You can't say that for the rest of the podcast. You got to come up with other things. Um, 
Bloom does show back up though, and they're like, "All right, let's go to war." And Bloom's like, "What are you guys fucking idiots? We got to stay near water." And they're like, "Water? What are you talking about? We're heading out." Water? <laughs> I barely know her. Yikes! And then the next scene shows them all like, "Oh fuck, I'm so thirsty!" <laughs> like all just dying. And Bloom had told them like, "Hey, Salhadni knows you're this stupid and knows you're gonna come out and attack. Don't attack. Just stay at the city." And um. I don't know. What did you think about not showing this battle? I was I was fine with it because I was thinking, okay, well, I mean, if you don't show any battle, <laughs> uh, it's it's people are gonna be pissed. But I was okay with not seeing this battle. I kind of expected it too. I even told myself while watching this, I was like, I bet you they're gonna cut to everyone dead, and they basically did. Well, not only everyone dead, they took the time to cut every single person's head off. Oh, did they? I know they did with a few. Every single person? If you look at like the wide view of the battle, it looks like they cut every head off. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And I do like then Salahuddin like pulls out like a chest and like makes an icy for uh, Guy. And Guy's like, oh, I don't want, I don't trust that. Guy like doesn't like to drink stuff after people. He's like, I don't know about this. And then uh, Gleason's like, I'll fucking drink it. Saladin's like, I did not give that to you. Slices his throat and then has him like pull, pulled out into, you know, outside and make sure you don't get blood, too much blood everywhere. And then chops his fucking head off and then puts it on a pike for good measure. When, uh, when that shot of the rest of the, uh, the crusaders come and see the massacre, and you see Brendan Gleeson's head on the pike. I really thought you were going to pan over and see Guy's head. And so for the longest time, I was like, what, what did they do with him? You know? Well, Saladin says he's like, that's why he gave him the water. Cause apparently he wouldn't give the water to someone he was going to kill because he's not going to give him or like a refreshment and then kill him. Is he like says, a. He says a king doesn't kill a king or something like that, right? Yeah. And then he also says a king doesn't kill a king. And if you had a better like mentor, you would know that. Um, <laughs> basically shitting on them. Yeah. Well, well deserved too. Right. Um, but then uh, w- w- one thing too is um, the angel guy gets killed during this. And before he went, Bloom's like, why are you going? You know, you're going to die. He's like, I know. But this is what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, and I'll, you know, I'll tell your father all about you, uh, what you've become. It's like, yeah, he's like completely just okay with him, him dying. Um, and then Bloom's like, all right, well, I got to go save the city. Uh, Ava Green's like, hey, can you save the city? He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay. Tiberius is like, fuck that. I'm going to Cyprus. You should come with me. And Bloom's like, uh, no, I'm staying. And then we get the final siege, which is like, 40 minutes of the movie <laughs> i uh i really yeah it is 40 minutes i really wish that was the dialogue between ava green and orlando bloom she's like well you should really come save the city he's like yeah, i i will i'll i'm i'm coming now she's like you, are you are you coming now he's like yeah right now <laughs> uh yeah, she sent she sent like a you up text he's like oh yeah what's this about i need you to save jerusalem if you don't mind he's like okay omw <sighs> But then what's going to happen after I save Jerusalem? 
Uh, one, one thing I read about this is it took 21 days to film this siege scene and the actual real life siege took 13 days. <laughs> um, you said most of the stuff is practical. So the wall and the catapults and everything like that, it's practical. So two of the trebuchets apparently were real. Um, the whole Jerusalem is like real. It's like a real set. And yeah, the wall, the wall is real. And then those towers that the the Muslim guys pull push up to try and climb over. Yeah. Two of those were real. They built two of them. Um, and then also apparently like the they use like practical effects for like the explosives of the the fireballs getting sh- shot over. The and fireballs the- uh, when they landed and exploded looked really good, like really good um uh, i i pretty much thought that the when they were in the air is cgi but the the pyrotechnics of this whole movie is incredible well and that was real because one of the towers caught on fire and it was just kind of you know cindering a little bit overnight and no one noticed it and then it burned down and so like the next day they're like ah shit all right i guess we're gonna use it (laughs) and uh (laughs) so i actually really love the shot of well, first of all before they get there bloom's like doing this thing with rocks and people and like and you find out later he's like putting markers out to know how far away they are which is really cool like he yeah. says in the beginning uh, he's an engineer and you kind of get bits and pieces of it but this is like the coolest part of it but when it turns to night and he's outside with his like second in command and uh all of a sudden you like you kind of see somebody and you're like oh shit it's about to start and then it's like pitch black and then it starts lighting up. And I was like, what do they got cell phones or something? What's going on over here? <laughs> and then you see them like getting shot through the air. Like, oh, that was, like that part was really sweet. <laughs> they're, they're like at a Phil Collins concert. They're just raising their phones in the air. Um, the, the part where, <clears throat> what is it? The, what do you call them? Not the trebuchets, but the, the lifts that the Muslims pushed onto, like to infiltrate the castle. Yeah um when orlando bloom sees them kind of like taking over one of the sides of the castles he goes in there and tries to like fight them off and this is where he gets his hand injured like he gets i think someone makes a chop for his hand but the chain metal like prevents it from like going all the way through right you remember this yes this is when he looks down and he sees them um trying to open up the gates and he pours this is so cool to me. And I like one of the smartest things I was like, okay, this is how they went is when they pour the oil down upon them and then like light them on. They, they kind of do this with like the oil bombs when they throw it at them. But this is like a ton of highly flammable liquid. Right. Yeah. I think that's like the second day after they, um, because after the first night they just take the bombs. Right. And uh, the second in command goes to Salahuddin. He's like, what are they doing? Why are they not fighting back? And he's like, they're just waiting. Cause he's smart too. Like he knows that he's like purposely just waiting this part out. Cause that's what he would do given yeah. like the circumstances. And Orlando Bloom is like kind of downstairs. Like, and he, he, I think he sees all the vats of oil when he's with his second in command. He's like, we just need to hold them off long enough to where they're like, fuck, this is all right. Let's like offer terms to try and end this. Cause like, it's taking too long to kill these guys. When they're lighting um, the people up on the, on the, uh, the giant wooden things um, with the planks to walk across. Lighting them on fire and throwing them off 
<clears throat> Orlando Bloom does such a good job acting. You can tell that like this is a necessary evil he's doing. Um, but you can actually tell like he feels bad for like killing them in this way. It's definitely very subdued, his character. And so um, you could see that as not being great. But I actually thought he, he did a great job with it. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought he did a good job because, I mean, it looks like he felt bad. So that's the way I that's the way I took it. I like when that second day starts and um, his second in command, Imad, is like, hey, you know, can you show mercy? And he's like, no mercy. And he like starts sending everyone in. And he like thinks this is going to be an easy victory. And like he said, they start focusing on the people trying to break through the tower and they uh, are climb those towers to get over. And then they pour the oil and light it on fire to get all those other people. Um, And this is after they paraded Guy around, right? Uh, We didn't talk about that part where the uh, Salahuddin like has him riding a donkey, basically kind of like naked except for underwear. Yeah, he has this like dummy hat on and he has him riding like ass backwards. It's kind of funny. I, I enjoyed that part a lot. <laughs> right. And then that night, uh, Salah Hadeen's like, hey, so is that the dude? That's the dude you let live? And he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, well, perhaps you shouldn't have let him live. And then the, the second man's like, uh, perhaps I should have had a different teacher. And Salah yeah. Hadeen's like, all right. Yeah, that's right. I taught you how to do that. Okay. Touche. <laughs> and then Ava Green's just in the uh, in the tower giving herself a haircut yeah i i think i missed this part man because the next thing i know evergreen has short hair and she's like healing the sick and there's this one night guy well we we also didn't talk about that very motivational speech that orlando bloom gives about like um like knighting everyone who's not a knight and i love the bishop he's like you think just knighting people makes them stronger and everyone's like uh yeah yeah it, yeah <laughs> well orlando bloom says yeah and then ava green who must be forever away is watching this and then she gives like a little knowing smile and i was like how did you even hear him say that <laughs> he whispered it practically um, whispered it so i didn't see her give herself the haircut i just next thing i knew she was already short-haired like in the in the midst of the the chaos and then the the one guy who was like recognized her for who she was i thought that was a cool scene like She's the lady of the people. Yeah. I mean, really, she's probably just trying to keep her mind off of all the shit she's caused. Um, when she is giving herself a haircut, she's looking in a mirror at a reflection. And then like, it kind of is like a little messed up. And then it turns into the face of her brother that she saw like right before, uh, right after he died, like in the casket. Yeah. I was like, I didn't notice that the first time, but it was pretty cool. Um, the next day is the scene that you started to talk about where Orlando Bloom sees a couple of the guys get on the tower and they're waving flags. And I don't know why he was so focused on the guys with flags. I think maybe they were using them to like, that was like to mark where to hit, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It was the flags. Mm -hmm. But once the flags are up, it's like, you know where they were, even if they get knocked down by Orlando Bloom. So it's like, I don't know, but they also very quickly use these like systems of like, arrows and hooks that pull down all the towers and that is like that was like the really kind of i guess the turning point of this but i thought that was really like that scene was really cool because you're like how are they going to do this and it's i thought that was well done yeah mix that with the uh with the oil i at first i was like oh they're highly outnumbered they're not gonna 
they're not going to do this. And then it's like, oh shit, they might, they might have a chance. But the, the next morning when they're, remember they like noticed this like undefended wall. They're like, we're going to attack here. And this is our entry point into Jerusalem. Right. Right. Um, I love the next, like Orlando Bloom and his entire army is behind that wall. Cause they purposely left it as bait. Right. Well, they were like, they're going to come through somewhere and this is where they're going to come through. And we know that. So um, I also like right before that, the night before you have the scene of Salahuddin praying over his fallen men and then Orlando Bloom, like burning the bodies of his men. Like they're both like taking the time and care to like deal with them properly. I thought it was like the, the showing and like the similarities between these two, I thought was really cool. Oh, the silhouette shots in this movie are also just the overall cinematography is really well done. Like the composite, like um, the way the shots are composited um, and laid out are like almost of a kind of a Renaissance painting in that way. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, but the one where Orlando Bloom is talking to all of his men and the smoke and the explosions are happening is like the best shot of the film. I agree. And that the whole thing too, like where the wall finally comes down and it's like the stalemate, right. Of just like kind of pushing almost like them pushing back and forth and the way like you, you, there's the smoke and then it kind of the shot from above keeps going farther and farther up. And then it sort of stops. Right. And it's just the fighting and then the fighting slowly fades and it's just bodies laying there. Well, also the shot where the wall is down and this is where Orlando Bloom decides to like walk out there and like talk to talk to him. That's a great shot too. like half the wall is up half the wall. There's this huge gap in the wall. His men are on the other side and then um, the the Muslims are on the other side. I, I thought that was really nicely like composed too. And when I first saw that scene too, I like I saw the bodies I was like, that looks like it looks like all the the Christian people. I was like, did they lose? Like, what's happening here? And then they kind of Orlando Bloom gets up, and you can kind of see the um, the Muslim army like still kind of out there, and they like send someone forward. And I love the second in command guys. Like, they have to be offering terms. They have to be offering terms, which we didn't talk about earlier when Orlando Bloom was like, "Hey, if you survive this, you get evil in. Like, I'm giving it to you." And the guy's like, well, that's a fucking shithole, <laughs> like as a joke, because that's what he said to Orlando Bloom when they first got there. Um, but yeah, they come out and ask for, and I, I love, I think this is probably Bloom's, one of his best scenes, because Salahuddin's like, are you going to give up Jerusalem? And he's like, I will burn this motherfucker to the ground before I let you have it. And I love Saladin's response too, of like, you know, honestly, maybe that'd be good. That, that might be good for everyone if, this, if, if you did that um and Orlando Bloom's like listen I'm not out here I don't have anything to offer you gotta offer me terms and he's like basically offers exactly what Orlando Bloom wanted he's like I'll let everyone here live we just want the city he's like okay cool okay so this uh this is the part where I don't like it I don't like I don't like well okay maybe you can clear up a few things because I don't think I like this part Orlando Bloom isn't really there to fight a war that he believes in right he's more there to find forgiveness and and like um pay the repent the payment to his 
suicidal wife, right? Right. But he finds himself in this war and now he's like fighting at, you know, um, tooth and dagger to, to win, which then he's like, okay, we're going to totally lose. Everyone's going to get slaughtered. So let me go out there. And then the thing that's confusing to me is he says this, right? He's like, I'm going to burn it down before I give it to you. And then very quickly, he's like, unless <laughs> uh, you spare all of us and then you can have it. I just think it's kind of a cop out or, or he shouldn't have said the I'm going to burn it down instead of giving it to you. He should have just been like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of this really weird change of pace quickly. You're, you're a terrible negotiator. So from the beginning, he, you know, he gives that speech. He's like, listen, uh, when they're about to have the start the battle and they're preparing everything in Jerusalem, he's like, you know, is your place is holier than theirs? Is your place more important than theirs? Ours is built on top of the, the Muslims and the Jewish has been built on top of that. And da, 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 da. And he's like, the only thing that matters is the people. And then he tells the second in command after the first volley of like attack, he's like, we just need to hold them off long enough so they'll offer terms. So the only thing he cares about is saving the people. He doesn't care about the city. And the reason he cares about the people is this is part of this is his good deed that he's doing to pay back like the, you know, the debt of his wife, the, the religious debt of his wife. Um, and so he comes out there and he's just negotiating with Saladin. Saladin's like, will you give it up? And he's like, I'm going to fucking burn it to the ground. Like, you're, you're not getting this. And he's like, all right, well, what if I let all of your people, you know, go free? And that's all he wanted from the beginning. If he just comes out there, he's like, hey, please let us all live. Then, you know, that's kind of giving weakness. And so he comes out and gives strength of like, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. And I'm going to kill so many of your men in the process that you'll never be able to raise another army. And then Saladin's like, well, you know, I have soldiers, you have women and children, so I'm going to wipe all of you out. And he's like, all right, but I'll let you live. And so it's just kind of like a back and forth you have to do when you're negotiating. You can't just be like, even though they both really want the same thing at this point, you can't just come out and say that. You're right. I'd, I'd be a total horrible negotiator can you please can you please spare us we're so hungry and tired <laughs> not to mention there's dirt in my eye i do think it's also funny too um when they're like oh i hope they're about to offer terms the bishop is like everyone convert to islam repent later <laughs> and, and uh orlando bloom just looks at him he's like you've taught me so much about religion today <laughs> just like <laughs> um uh, so okay actually i i really like how they part and he's like asking so he's like how much is jerusalem worth and he answers back nothing and i was like Oof. and then he's like and everything i was like ah there it is <laughs> yeah apparently that guy is like a comedic actor and so that apparently like was a little bit of his flair he was adding to that part um, cause I haven't, I haven't seen him in anything else that I know of like American wise, but you know, it puts into perspective of, of exactly like, this is just a place and whether it is worth, like it's worth nothing to whoever, or it's worth everything to some people, but, um, they, they leave, right. They make it to, uh, to like a, a shore town, right. 
Uh, I guess there's some stuff I wanted to talk about before that. Oh, go ahead. Um, you know, he finds Ava Green and he's like, you know, if you decide she I like how she's like, well, I'm still queen of this place and this place and this place. So, I, you know, I could just go to those places. And he's like, well, if you decide not to be queen, you know, hit me up. But what I really love is the it's kind of like a it's got music playing and there's no words. It's just like a montage of like them kind of taking over the city. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this one really cool part where Salah Hadin like walks into where Tiberius used to stay and the cross is on the ground and he like picks it up and puts it back on the table. And I read this one thing, don't know if it's true or not, but this journalist said that he was watching the movie in Beirut and that the audience, the, which he said was a mostly Muslim audience, like rose to their feet and applauded that scene, which I think is just like really cool. It, apparently like, I want to get more into it in the end, but apparently this, like I said, this was wildly popular, like, amongst muslim people and then like in arab countries in general um but i just love like i think it's very beautifully shot the music really works with it like the kind of the takeover of the city um and then obviously you also have the ghee and orlando bloom battle too that we talked about previously yeah with the the different colored um whatever they are clothing or just like um sheets sheets like in between and then the blood stain and yeah i thought it was all just great it was um then we get this kind of migration of everyone i believe this is the last thing in the movie uh everyone's walking and uh orlando bloom rides up to ava green says something like oh a a queen shouldn't walk and then instead of like getting on the horse she just keeps walking yeah yeah but then they they like hold hands yeah this is a, this is a, that's their like reconciliation yeah because because we didn't really talk about this but when he gave it up she seemed really pissed about the whole the whole thing uh yeah what, what do you mean giving up what jerusalem and he like goes up to her her quarters and she's like looking out the window and she just looks super mad about the deal that he struck. I didn't think so. I mean, I thought she was like, I don't know. She had just been through a lot. So, but I didn't think she was like mad about that part of it. Oh, I took it as, I took it as mad, but I mean, it's kind of unclear actually. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't if you didn't take it as mad and I took it as mad, then it just becomes unclear how she felt about this thing. Because you said they had a recon, you know, they showed them holding hands and, and reconciliation. Um for for what? What did the they fact have to that, that she didn't that he didn't help kill her husband and save them from all of this? Oh. I'm trying to find a bright side as to like maybe he did do the right thing. I mean, it's the moral thing, you know, if you have some a code of ethics, but it's like the do you follow your rules very stringently or you, do you do the thing that helps the most people? You know, I tend to think the latter is better. Um, but then he returns home with her. They're kind of living a little happily. And then they come up to, you know, some guys come up to him, including the King of England. They're like, hey, 
we're going uh to jerusalem and we're looking for this uh blacksmith blacksmith guy uh Valian. uh he's like well that's not me i'm not going and the you know the king knows it's him but he's like okay i'll uh, i'll leave you to it um and then that's the end of the movie now before we end there are some interesting like tidbits about this movie i did want to go over so the flag budget for this film was $250,000. The flag budget. Just the flag budget. And they apparently had 1,200 flags, 650 different designs. And then also for the, like, the, armor, the arming of the movie, 250 crossbows, 20,000 arrows, 3,000 shields, and 7,500 7, weapons. This is a very big movie. It is. I mean, it costs you know, over $100 million, as we talked about. The other thing I didn't know is uh, Ridley Scott, and this makes sense because he's filmed Gladiator, Black Hawk, Dawn, Black Hawk Down, and now this, Kingdom of Heaven. And I say now this, this was 2005. But um, all three were filmed in Morocco, and he's actually like a really good friend of King Mohammed VI of Morocco. And when they were making this movie, like a part of the script got out and like somebody said that this movie was super harmful to Muslim people. And the King of Morocco was so worried about his friend that he sent four of his bodyguards to like guard him to keep him safe. Um, but then afterwards, like apparently Ridley Scott received like a lot of praise for like the even handed approach of like the Muslim characters, which I agree. I thought it was like the overall point of this was like, you know, fucking be a good person. And I don't think it any I don't think it attacked the the Muslim characters really harshly at all, more of the Christian characters, probably. That's I mean, that's what that's my take too. And it's not even like it's the bad sector of the Christian characters. It's the Templar, Guy, Brennan Gleason. It's those guys. And then from from the Muslim side, I can't really think specifically on if there was like an equality to like Brennan Gleason's character on the on the Muslim side. I don't think there was. There were only two guys on the Muslim side that were like you would maybe the the guy that was the servant who you thought was not the servant that gets killed in the beginning. He was kind of being an asshole. And then the dude who challenges Salahuddin and is like we need to take Jerusalem back. He's kind of a dick. Um but not really bad. So uh, and you kind of understand where they're coming from. I think at one point, the angel guys, like, you know, uh, they're going to want payback for what we did 100 years ago, and they deserve it. And then Orlando Bloom even, like, references in the the offering terms section, he was like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to let it. Salah Hadeen's like, I'll let everyone from here live. And he's like, when we took this 100 years ago, Orlando Bloom says, when we took this 100 years ago, we slaughtered everybody. And Salah Hadeen's like, I'm not those guys so you know i'm making you a promise um and the last thing i want to talk about is a little bit like i think is really cool the like true story of this so balian played by orlando bloom was just a noble that was born in jerusalem and one cool thing was so he was actually the battle of hatton is the one where Guy went out into the desert and they got really fucking tired and were wanted water and, you know, they got slaughtered. Uh-huh. So Guy actually wasn't killed at that battle because Saladin wouldn't kill, um, wouldn't kill the king. Everyone else was slaughtered except Balian was at that battle 
and he escaped. And then Saladin like respected him so much that he gave him safe passage back to Jerusalem to collect his family, provided he agreed not to take up arms to defend Jerusalem. And uh, Balian agreed. And then when he went to Jerusalem and got his family, he's like, oh, shit, they really want me to help defend this. So he actually asked Saladin to release him from his vow not to defend it. And Saladin not only released him from his vow, but also helped his family get out of Jerusalem safely before the battle. Wow. Yeah. She's like, like, that's not how, that's not how we handle war anymore. As, as we can see from current events. It's also cool how they actually have a record of all this stuff. Right. Uh, the other thing too is um, the Saladin's army after they, killed almost everyone they ransomed the nobles for money and then any templars or hospitaliers hospitalers that were not executed or no those were executed and then anyone else were sold into slavery and they sold so many dudes into slavery that they basically like flooded the market and uh there's a report of like one man who was sold in exchange for a pair of sandals Wow. So, I mean, the it's funny is like, I get the changes made to this story, but the true story, like some of the stuff they left out is just so crazy and interesting. Um, yeah, that I just, yeah, I think the movie does do the story justice and it's a really well done movie. As you said, the cinematography is beautiful. I think the music adds to that. I think the acting's all great and you have some really like, great kind of side characters like crazy ones like brendan gleason and other ones that are like you know uh, overall i i'm really glad we did this and spent i spent almost six and a half hours with this movie i i fully agree with you um and and to not just be repetitive to what you say um i can't stress enough to people who are listening to say that this is the director's cut. This is why David said you know, six and a half hours, because we did we did watch a, a three hour, 15 minute movie. There are, you know, there's a theatrical cut that's that's 45 minutes less, but um, don't do yourself the disfavor in, in watching that and seek out the director's cut if you want the full impact of this movie. Um, it's considered Ridley Scott's best. And I think you wouldn't think that if you, if you, if you watched the theatrical cut, um, do you, uh, you, you've seen a lot of Ridley Scott movies. Do you think this is his best or do you prefer more of a sci-fi Ridley Scott? I think Gladiators is best for me. Yeah. I, I, I am still a huge fan of aliens, but this is, this is good. I don't think anyone considers Kingdom of Heaven his best movie, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, well, thanks everyone. You can't you can't call it a minor work though because it's over three hours. Well, our podcast episode is not going to be over three hours, so I'm going to end it now. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David, and this is Alan, and I finally watched Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut. <laughs>